everybody, and welcome to Laughing Liberally Milwaukee, the podcast, brought to you by the Shepherd Express. I'm your host, Matthew Filipovich. Every episode, I'm going to bring on one of the regular comedians from Laughing Liberally Milwaukee, which when we're not in an awful, horrible global pandemic, is a monthly live progressive political stand-up comedy show. We're going to discuss and joke about a news story, and then we'll talk a bit about comedy. Also, I mentioned this last episode, but in about two weeks, on Inauguration Night, Wednesday, January the 20th, Laughing Liberally Milwaukee will in fact be doing a live online virtual stand-up comedy show. It's our D-Louse the White House inauguration show. We'll have virtual comedy sets from Dina Nina Martinez, Tan Johnson, Kristen Leidy, the accountants of Homeland Security. We'll have a special interview with Angela Lang from Block, Black Leaders Organizing for Communities. Tickets for this are only $5 per household. You can find out more and get virtual tickets at laughingliberallymke.com. I am so excited. Our guest this week is the extremely funny Jason Acevedo. Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me and uh, saying my last name like a soccer announcer would do it. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I appreciate the pizzazz. Getting it right is always my goal. So, Jason, <laughs> this week, uh, the Washington Post released an hour-long audio recording between outgoing President Donald Trump, and I'll say that again, outgoing President Trump, and the Georgia Secretary of State, Republican Brad Raffensperger, as well as a few other officials and lawyers. In the recording, outgoing President Trump attempts to intimidate the Georgia Secretary of State into overturning the election win for Joe Biden. Here's a couple of the bigger Trump quotes from the call. Quote, All I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. That's my that's my shitty Donald Trump impression, by the way. So, yeah, just find the votes. Just find them like you find your car keys when you lose them or your cell phone. Just find them like, oh, look right there. There's 11,000 votes right there. I misplaced them. And hey, what do you know? All of them are for Donald Trump. He goes on to say this, the people of Georgia are very angry, the people in the country are angry, and there's nothing wrong with saying that, that, you know, um, you've recalculated. Yeah, just say that you recalculated and Donald Trump won. It's that friggin' simple. To say that Donald Trump sounds like an unhinged, paranoid maniac in this call is an understatement. He sounds like Ray Liotta and the last 20 minutes of Goodfellas. Jason, tell me, what's your take on all this? My thing is, uh, you know, it just sounds like a bad phone sex conversation because (laughs) apparently, except in this situation, uh, Donald is the only one getting fucked because uh, he apparently, and this is the Washington Post's uh, words that Trump alternately berated, because this sounds like a bad sexual episode where he alternately berated Raffsenberger. Also, Raffsenberger totally sounds like some sort of innuendo for like, you know, your Bush or something. Uh, Trump alternately berated Raffsenberger, which already is a great like that's just it's a it's a it's a com, it's comedy gold. That line sounds like it was written by a comedy writer because who the fuck is named Raffsenberger. <laughs> uh, so Trump alternately berated Raffsenberger, tried to flatter him, begged him to act, and threatened him with vague criminal consequences if the Secretary of State refused to pursue his false claims and at one point warning that Raffsenberger was taking a big risk. Uh, coincidentally, 
in that order, everything that he did, that was the same sort of interaction that he had with Stormy Daniels. And I can attest to that. <laughs> uh, I watched a documentary on that on Pornhub. But, the, you know, to me, just hearing about this, it, it just gives me diarrhea. Like, I'm not even going <laughs> to listen to the hour. Like, if I need to pass a stone, I'll listen to the hour long conversation. But to me, again, it just sounds like, you know, it's it's a bad phone sex call. And the only person getting fucked is is uh, our outgoing president. <laughs> and you know what? Not a lot of people talk about this, but I think the person to blame uh, for this phone call uh, being leaked or for even for this whole debacle even starting was uh, Lindsey Graham. Nobody oh. talks about Lindsey Graham because in November, in November, he had uh, a phone conversation with Rafsenberger as well, according to Politico reports. Rafsenberger accused Lindsey Graham of asking him whether he had the power to toss out all mail ballots in Georgia counties found to have have higher rates of non-matching signatures. Uh, and after that, uh, Rafsenberger came out and said, Lindsey Graham asked us, asked us to throw out legally cast ballots and one of his advisors said, so, yeah, after that call, we decided maybe we should leak the phone call that we had with Donald. Uh, so nobody talks about that. And also <laughs> my favorite thing about this whole fucking conversation that Donald had and uh, saying that the people of Georgia are angry, the people of the country are angry and that there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, that you've recalculated or whatever the fuck he was trying to say. My, my thing is that the people in Georgia are not angry about this at all. Uh, I think the people in Georgia, if they're smart, if if there's still some smart people left in uh, uh, Georgia that have not taken the midnight train to insanity, uh, <laughs> you know, they are focusing on the senatorial runoff right now with the uh, the Democratic Senate candidates, John Ossoff and uh, Raphael Warnock, uh, which, by the way, they lead by like two percentage points in the current runoff polls and, you know, election days tomorrow. So we'll see how that uh, pans out. And then also you need to take into consideration that we have bigger problems. We have. Uh, a Congress who is willing to meet up on Wednesday to certify the electoral college vote and in the middle of a pandemic and, and because nobody, nobody knows how to use zoom. Nobody <laughs> knows how to use zoom. Uh, even I had trouble getting on this shit earlier today. Uh, but I mean, can we just, I mean, how many people can you have on a zoom call? Can anybody afford a, a premium membership so that all members of Congress can just show up on one screen, you know, open multiple laptops. I'm pretty sure, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't have any patience for any of this anymore because at the end of the day, even a, a judge when I uh, went ahead, a, a Trump uh, appointed judge went on to dismiss the whole thing where Pence and a bunch of other Republican leaders came together and they said that Pence had this sort of power to overturn the entire election result. Uh, and that was laughed out of court uh, because a, a Republican appointed judge in Texas said that they just lacked evidence uh, and that you know, there was no there was no evidence. And that was it. So, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. Other than I, I get a, I get a stomachache when when I talk about this. I know, I know, like just like all these little like tiny ulcers are just bubbling up on in us right now. And again, this is the Raffensperger. He's a Republican too, the guy who who wouldn't. And again, like what's frightening is all it takes to be a hero in twenty twenty one is not overturning a legally cast election. It's like oh, let, let's 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 build him a statue, let's give him a parade. Uh, but again, Raffensperger is no hero. He's still kind of a scumbag. But at least he's not someone who like completely just tossed out an entire election here. But 
So, Jason, one thing about this podcast, other than talking about news, we also talk about comedy. What might people be interested or surprised to hear about doing comedy that they might not know? Uh, you don't get as much pussy as people make it out to seem that you do. <laughs> um, sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you get a free meal and, and that's about it. Um, but I mean, the other thing is too, uh, a lot of us are pretty calm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've seen me perform. I'm pretty, uh, as the kids say lit, I'm very <laughs> energetic and I'm, I, I, I feel like when I perform, if it doesn't seem like I'm on the verge of a mental breakdown that I don't think I'm, I'm doing uh, a good job. And also, I also measure how good a set was based on how sweaty I am afterwards. <laughs> that's too. like a South I, Side. I, I do that too, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like a South Side Chicago thing where it's like, you know, performing for like urban quote unquote rooms or black rooms on the South Side of Chicago. If you weren't sweating by the end of your set, it's it's a question of did you really perform or were you just talking? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I think that comes with it, too, because I, you know, my grandfather was a preacher, so I think I get this like conviction from him where like I put my body into what I'm saying. And uh, for the listeners out there, I mean, I weigh 300 pounds and you would know that even by knowing me. I mean, it's it's the belly. It's that's really all it is. And I'm pretty agile and I move a lot for for like a, a guy my size. So I, I, I put a lot of you know, I take a lot of pride in like really uh, throwing myself physically uh, into a bit. And, and just on stage uh, whenever I can. How's comedy treated you in COVID? Have you done any online stuff? Have you done any like small rooms? How, how, how's it actually worked out for you? I was opposed to Zoom stuff at the very beginning uh, because a lot of the people that were doing these Zoom things, and I have no problem calling these people out, were the same people who just had just got started doing comedy. And then they needed that outlet and they were like, oh, I was on a roll and now the world is ending and it's against me or whatever. And that's the thing is that a lot of these people took the situation and made it about themselves when it's about other people. And my thing is that a lot of these people were willing to die for comedy. I, I want to go on record and say I am not willing to die uh, for comedy. Or, I, kill not other pe- or, other, or kill other people for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a great 2019. I, I toured 10 10- states in two countries and performed in two languages i'm i'm fine i got i got my uh, you know i got my uh my 2019's worth of gigs and whatnot and 2020 was nice too i was supposed to go on my first mini uh headlining tour but we only had two tour stops and then we canceled it you know so um and then uh i've done three shows uh, i did three shows in september the first shows i did in, in since february of 2020 and one of them was outdoors and the other two were one was in Wisconsin and then the other one was on the Illinois border. Uh, the Wisconsin one, I'll never forget for two reasons. One, nobody was wearing a mask and I brought a white girl with me for protection. <laughs> and two, uh, I killed. It was an amazing I, I honestly thought I was not going to do well, but I murdered. I sold a lot of merch. And my favorite thing is I had a woman come up to me afterwards and say, you know, the only Hispanics that we have around here are on the farms. So it's it's very refreshing to see one with an opinion. <laughs> and my thing was like, I can't do that where I'm from. I can't just go, oh, yeah, the only whites that we have around here are in the banks. And uh, <laughs> we can't do that. 
<laughs> so that was enlightening. And also uh, there was Trump signs all over the front lawns. And you know, it, it, it was like a town of like 800 people. It, it was I thought I was going to die. But luckily, I sold a lot of merch. People loved me. And and they I did the same material I would have done at your show. And it was amazing. Awesome. Jason Acevedo, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, I want to thank you so much for listening to episode 14 of Laughing Liberally Milwaukee. We have new episodes with a new comedian on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find out more at laughingliberallymke.com. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you at the next Laughing Liberally Milwaukee.